Thank you for joining the Broadway Drumming 101 podcast with your host, Clayton Craddock. Welcome to the Broadway Drumming 101 podcast. My name is Clayton Craddock, and this is your one-stop shop for everything you'll need to know about playing drums for Broadway musicals. Today's podcast is a continuation of a conversation that I had with Q Robinson. He's the drummer for the first national tour of Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. In our conversation, he tells me about his love for theater, why he went from becoming an actor to playing drums in the pit of shows, and how he got the gig for the first national tour. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining the Broadway Drumming 101 podcast. If you like what you hear on the show, subscribe to the Broadway Drumming 101 newsletter at broadwaydrumming101.substack.com. That's substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com. For $5 a month or $50 a year, you'll have a backstage pass to the world of a Broadway drummer playing on a hit show. As a paying subscriber, you'll receive behind-the-scenes access to the life of a musician who makes a living on Broadway. You'll also be able to read every post, not just those occasional free ones. You'll get access to all newsletter issues in the archives and have an ability to participate in subscriber-only comments and events. If you become a founding member for a gift of only $75, you'll receive discounted private drum lessons, an opportunity to watch Clayton play in the pit of his show, and a 25% discount on future promotional products. If you'd like to make a direct contribution to the production of this show, you can reach us at Venmo at Clayton-Craddock, Cash App at Syncopated, that's C-I-N-C-O-P-A-T-E-D, or PayPal at Clayton Craddock. Any amount of support will be appreciated. Thank you for listening. What makes you want to play Broadway? Here's the thing. Music chose me when I was three. I chose music theater when I was in middle school. Um, a lot of people don't know, but I was at a performing arts high school for music theater as an actor. I was a thespian. So I've always had a deep love for the theater. Um, but I didn't necessarily see a future in me being an actor. And to be quite honest, um, I did not even know that being a pit musician was a thing. You know, I'm from Miami, you know, it's, it's not something that's brought, first of all, you know, it's not something that's necessarily broadcasted. Um, at least it didn't used to be. And um, I remember I was in middle school, I was the lead in the school play. And I was also moonlighting as the jazz band drummer. And they had rehearsals simultaneously. So I would go and do my scene work and then run to the band room and get a couple of songs in and then run back. And it just wasn't working. And the band director and the theater director cornered me in the hallway and was like, hey, you can't do both. You have to choose. In my 14 year old brain, I heard you can't act and be a drummer. That's not what they were saying. They were saying you can't be Jim Hawkins in Treasure Island and, and be the jazz 
band drummer for this competition. You have to choose one of those. But as a 14 year old kid, I heard one or the other. So <clears throat> I switched my, my concentration from theater to music simply because it was easier. Like I was doing it already, but I always loved the theater. So fast forward 2016, I get a random call from a friend of mine that can't do this theater show locally here in Atlanta. Um, and it was for the B.B. Winans musical Born for This that was making its world premiere um, in Atlanta. Um, got a chance to work with um, some New York music directors and some choreographers. And that, that feeling that I had for theater, it just, it just ignited again. But this time it was through the guise of sitting in a drum chair as opposed to being on the stage. And um, from that moment in 2016 until now, I have shifted my focus into becoming a Broadway drummer simply because it's now what I realize without knowing it, that it's always been a passion to play music theater. It's just something about it. Uh, I typically, I tend to romanticize things, but there is something that I love about the work and being a small cog in the wheel of a bigger, a bigger thing um, with musicals. You know, being being the un the unseen engine in a in a musical, it to me it's 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 fascinating. So I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, of course it did. Now I, I can't remember the the connection that we had was it Rashidra? It was Rashidra. So uh, the choreographer for Born for This, which was Warren Warren Adams, um, very prominent uh, choreographer in New York. Um, he's also a director, and a few years back, he was directing uh, a new musical presentation at the Venue Theater, um, and Ain't Too Proud just had opened. It literally just had opened. It hadn't been open a month. And um, Rashidra was like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, I think I want to go and see a musical. She was like, what are you going to see? I was like, I want to go and see Ain't Too Proud. Wait, so uh, you, how did you meet her, though? She was one of the principals in the, the, um, in the reading. Oh, OK, OK. So, you know, uh, when you're doing a reading, everybody's kind of in the same room. We're not separated. Mm -hmm. So, um, and because, you know, I got a chance to work with Joseph Joubert, which, which is incredible. Um, Warren was there and like, we were so like, you know, those readings are high pressure. So for a week, you know, it's all like the people that are in that room are all you see for an entire week. And, um, we connected and, uh, she was like, don't leave. I want to introduce you to somebody. And she introduced me to you. However, a month before that, I was up here doing another reading and um, Jeremy Yadao gave me your information. You were in Paris and um, I, I reached out to you and you were so gracious. You were like, hey, man, I'm in Paris. But um, when I get back to New York, next time you're in New York, make sure you connect with me. And a month later, I was I'm doing a show not knowing that you were playing Ain't Too Proud. Um, so it was kind of like a dual connection to the same person without even knowing it. 
Uh, <laughs> interesting. Now yeah. I, it all makes sense. And I think I met you outside of the door of, yeah. of the theater after you saw it. Yeah, well, it was cold, so they let us in. Yes, yes. So we sat, we were right on uh, the mezzanine, like right there. Did I bring you downstairs that night, or with? Oh just... no! <laughs> so what I what I found out is um um to 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 ask to sit in someone's pit is to the unwritten rule of wanting to sub their show. I had no idea. I'm just a, a how the sausage is made type of guy. I just wanted to see what it was like in your world. And um, we had a conversation. He was like, hey, next time you come back, you can sit in the pit. We already got all of my five subs. And in my mind, that didn't even compute to me simply because <laughs> at the time, I was like, I wasn't even thinking about trying to sub your show. I just wanted to see, you know, how the sausage was made, so to speak. I mean, and, uh, before you go on, that's what I did 21 years ago. I mean, I got my start playing a bus and truck tour of a show called Footloose, and we were in Las Vegas. But before I left, I wanted to just see what it was like playing drums in a Broadway pit. I had no idea. I was, you know, in New York 10 years, eight years, and I just, you know, I'm doing something brand new. It's like, what what do you do down there? So I called up a guy named Gary Seligson. Oh, and, yeah. I met Gary. I know Gary. And he was doing Aida and I just watched him play and it was fascinating. It was fun. It's like, this is very cool. And this is what I wound up doing for the, the next 21 years to a certain <laughs> degree off and on. But, you know, when, when people do ask, you know, can I come down and, and watch you play? I'd say 90% of the time they want to sub the show because they want to play, which is fine because I'd, I'd want to do the same thing. It's just a lot of times people get uh, they they want they kind of put up a wall because you know you can't have everyone come in because you just you know I I told I tell people all this uh, I tell people this story all the time when I got ain't too proud I had about seventy five or so people ask me to come down and watch me play wow. seventy five it's a lot of people I mean day after day after day which is great because I would have all seventy five come and watch because I want people to see what I do it's I love my job. But, you know, you, you, you kind of have to put a limit because people want to come and actually sub. And like I said, I have five guys sub already and I can't have you sub. But, you know, always reach back and, you know, you're a very good networker. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> I, you know, you have to, you know. This y yes, you do. It's very important. If anybody wants to know about networking and how to get certain things and how to, <laughs> not necessarily how to get things, but how to be assertive talk to this guy because not only did he wind up becoming the drumming the drummer of the ain't too proud tour that's that is out you should have uh, applause right here you should have like crowd <laughs> applause happening right there he he killed the the when he came in to sub for me he destroyed my set meaning in a good way i mean he I, I, I some other things I like to, to to share when people come in to sub or they want to sub and they learn the book and say I'm ready I'm ready I can tell within the first measure if they're ready or not and if they're the right fit now with you as soon as you sat down and played the the initial drum fill and the first measure I'm like okay I can leave now 
I could leave because I know that you have it and you killed it. And when I, I always check with the, the, the dancers uh, afterwards and I come in the next day and they're like, you know, how was he? And they're like, you weren't here? I was like, no, I wasn't here. It's like, that's great. Oh, man, he's great, man. He sounded just like you, man. Oh, man, bring him back. That's when you know you have the right sub. I appreciate that because you just don't know. Like, uh, the only person that actually said something from the cast was Saint. Um, yeah, him, him. Yeah, exactly. It was him. Saint, 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 was, uh, Saint was like, hey, man, you know you do. Uh, as a matter of fact, remember we met, uh, I, think I, I think I sat in your pit maybe like three or four times. Mm. And uh, Saint was like, I got a good feeling about you. <laughs> and so when I finally did play, he was like, yep, I knew it. I knew it. He just, but yeah. yeah he's, and he's honest. He tells you, he's like, he's like, that person? No, don't, don't bring him back. That person? <laughs> man, he's all right. I, I look to him, of course, and Kenny too, because Kenny's the man. Man, <laughs> but, listen. <laughs> but, you know, the dancers know. They 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 can tell when somebody doesn't have it, and they because they feel it. They and the rest of the band feels it too. So you have to have the right vibe, and everything that you told me that led up to where we are right now is are the reasons why you you've been chosen because you have you've done other things than other things than Broadway. A lot of people come out of school and all they want to do is play Broadway, and I recommend that everyone play other types of music because you'll have a great background and a, a great uh, foundation to work from. Yes. So that that's, uh, I'm glad that they picked you out of the 75. So I. I, am, I am, let me say on your podcast, I am forever grateful. I will always be in your debt because I feel that, you know, I do realize that Broadway touring is not um, Broadway, but I feel closer to my ultimate goal of playing Broadway, um, having my own chair. And um, that doesn't happen without you throwing my hat in the ring um, and giving me, a, giving me the opportunity. Um, and I, even on this side, I get, you know, when you refer someone, you know, your reputation is also on the line. Um, so having having the faith in me and the trust in me, um, a guy that you did not know um, to come in and, you know, just show what I could do. You know, so I appreciate that. I wish I'm, I wish I remembered more about my 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 Broadway debut or subbing that show. But, man, I was so locked into that book and. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you because I know what it was like for me starting my first show. What was it like for you, being a? Um, I will say this: you made it a lot easy, easier. You know, remember I came up on that Thursday and I kind of set set in Thursday and Friday and then Saturday, um, in between between the matinee and the evening show. You know, you heard me play the stuff. Um, but oh, before you go, what did you do? Tell tell the people that are listening to this, what did you do to prepare to sub at Ain't Too Proud? Well, I got the, first of all, I got the book. Um, and if you remember, I brought the book every time I came into the pit and I literally transcribed out the variances, um, the things that you were doing versus what was in the book. 
and I asked a ton of questions and I ate that book and I ate the audio book and I ate the video, the conductor's video every day, like every day at nauseum because whatever you eat, you regurgitate. And um, I, that was the only thing I was doing. And mind you, during that time, I was still touring with Peebo and Avery and Anthony and Bobby. And every moment that I got that I wasn't on stage or in a rehearsal or programming, I was listening to the book. I was going through the book. I was listening to the cast recording. I was listening to the drum audio book. And um, I even pulled the audio off of the conductor's video, edited out the drums, realigned the drumless cover of the um, conductor's video just so that I could play with it so that I could put my, I could simulate being in the pit. Like, so I turned all the lights off in here. I just had one screen with Kenny on the screen with the click blaring. And I was sitting there trying to make sure that I understood his timing, understand the relationship between the book and how you're playing these songs, because the ink is one thing. And yes, you have to be accurate on the ink, but what's more important, particularly when you're dealing with a jukebox music or music, music that's so iconic, like the Temptation music, is making sure that you nail the feel. Not the F-I-L-L, but the F-E-E-L. And just making sure that I understood every measure of that book. It was that serious to me because I never want to pull focus. And, you know, actors talk about that all the time. But as musicians, we can also pull focus if they're used to, and I come in and go, might be the same same idea, but they're listening for a specific thing. The lighting director is listening for a specific thing. Everybody is cueing off of what Clayton did. No one cares that Q is on drums. I had to be Q-credit that week. <laughs> so, it, you know, so for me, it was about doing my best Clayton Craddock um, imi um, imitation, you know? So for me, it was that, it was at nauseum, like just at, just even when I didn't want to listen to it, you know, I was listening to it. You that's know? exactly what you have to do. And that's exactly what I've done when I subbed at various shows over the years. You have to emulate the drummer that has the chair. A lot, there have been times where people have subbed for me and they, you know, they come in and, and they stink up the joint. And they're like, you know, they didn't like what I brought to the table. It's like, no, you're not supposed to bring anything to the table. <laughs> Just eat from the table. Yeah, table's the table's already, already there. <laughs> so, uh, yes, you have to basically immerse yourself in the music and you are just becoming one with that show. And I, for, for me, it takes me about six weeks in order to learn a show. The first four, I'm just like the first week, all I listen to is the recording. Mm -hmm. I listen to the, the pit recording and that's all, all I listen to almost 24 hours a day just to get into my head. And I'm, I come from the school more about, you know, memorization. Cause I remember when I used to, when I was starting out playing drums, I used to put on records back when I was young. We had record players, those things. <laughs> and I'd play the record and I'd try to emulate the Jacksons Live or Kiss Alive 2 
or some slave record or a cameo or a rush record. I would just try to listen to it. So I wouldn't have the music there. And you know, I didn't really get into all that until I went to college, even though I didn't go to college for music. I studied business there, but I learned more about reading when I was in high school and in college when I got out. I had, you know, learning about charts. So it's for for me, I found that same approach in order to become a sub uh, valuable Mm -hmm. when you when you when you immerse yourself in the music and you become one, like you said, you turn off the lights and you just you became me for a, a, a time period. And that showed when you actually wind up subbing, wind up subbing for the show. So I appreciate all the work that you've done. And now you're on your own. You're going to do whatever you want to do to the book. You can start playing, you know, uh, nope. <laughs> 17th notes if you felt like it. <laughs> nope, that book is going to make something up. <laughs> nope, that book is great just the way it is. I'm just grateful to be on this journey. And I what I won't do is have anybody turning around and like, what was that? Mm, exactly. So the funny thing is you talk about how things I just found out that the resident director for the tour is another guy that I actually work with. I was telling you about Warren Adams. He was the choreographer for Born for This. Well, Brian, Brian Harlan Brooks was his associate um, choreographer. And so I've worked with him in maybe about four or five cities on Born for This. And just coincidentally, he's the resident director for the tour. So I'm super excited about wow. getting getting um getting a chance to work with an old friend, you know. So, That's great. Yeah. That's so, cool. I'm excited. October can't get here fast enough, bro. <laughs> I just can't. A uh, couple of more questions. Sure. You have a list of endorsements. Mm-hmm. You are the king of endorsements. Did these Not endorsements the stop? <laughs> Did these endorsements come from uh, when you played with uh, people, Bryson, Anthony, David, or just uh, um, like, tell me how, how, how they came about. And I think it's an amalgamation of all of it. Uh, I think. Uh, you have to be marketable. You kind of got to know what you got. You're doing right. Um, but you also have to be personable. I think a lot of guys that go after endorsements, they go after them for the wrong reasons. Um, and these guys, these artist reps, they, for nothing else, they know, they know when a guy has the goods, you know, they also know when a guy is going to be loyal. Um, for me, um, I just shot my shot, man. Um, I think with Pearl, um, a friend of mine who was playing with Pitbull at the time told the rep at the time at Pearl about me. And we had a conversation. And maybe a week later, you know, I, I did everything that everyone else is supposed to do. You send in your stuff, you know, your discography, your resume, you know, some playing examples and, um, they like what they saw, you know, Pearl at the time they were doing it. Yes. By committee. <laughs> so I, at the time my, my rep was on the West coast and, you know, there are a couple of guys that were headquartered there in Nashville and it has to be a unanimous decision to bring a guy on. And, um, 
after I sent my stuff in, it was maybe about a week, which is also odd simply because uh, that process can take anywhere from four to eight weeks. Um, so I got a yes in about a week. Um, uh, but prior to that, I think my first endorsement was with a Sabian symbols. That was 06. Um, and, you know, it's about once you, once you know, or once you meet these people, it's about being a human. Um, I took an interest in who these people were, um, a lot the same way with you. When I talk to you, it's not drums, 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 drums. You know, I'm asking about you. I'm asking about your family. I'm asking about how you are doing with no other ulterior motive than to be a genuine person and to find out how my fellow human is doing. Um, and I think a lot of people see these individuals for their position and what they can give them. And they forget that these people are human. And um, I, what I'm, that's just my way. And I think when you take that and you couple it with my ability to play drums at a high level consistently and the fact that I'm, highly visible and the fact that i can speak well for myself when you pull all of those things together i don't have to be dennis chambers i can be myself and have a personality that people will want to sit down and have dinner with me and we're fine um i think the thing to remember is be true to yourself and be honest about what it is that you want and go after that um, and if one company doesn't give it to you, that does not mean that you hop to another company just to get it simply because they all talk. Just like every music director or music contractor knows that guy ruined the show over there. So nine times out of 10, he's not going to get a call from that one because they all know each other. All of these guys talk. And um, this is just about being genuine, man playing your butt off, doing all of those things that you need to do to present yourself as your own entity. Like when a company sees me, I pride myself on them looking at me and saying, that guy is going to be great whether we sign him or not. We might as well go ahead and ride this train and go wherever he is and support whatever he's doing because as he elevates, he'll bring us along with him, with us. Case in point, this Broadway tour will probably be the most extensive tour that I've ever been able to do in my life. I've had all of these companies that have been, you know, supporting me throughout the time. So it's a joy for me to be able to say, hey, I'm getting ready to do this tour and introduce them to the production team. And the production team is like, hey, can you supply Q with the stuff that he needs? Or, you know, can we work out a deal? and we'll put your name in a playbill. <coughs> That's me being able to give back to this, this company. You know, over the next two or three years, there may be well close to maybe 500,000, 600,000 playbills printed. You know, that's an exposure that you can't pay for. You know, um, so I'm appreciative to them, but it's a partnership. It's not just giving me free gear and it's not me just pubbing them. You know, it's a mutual relationship. And um, when you understand it from that, it is a business thing. It is a relational thing. 
and it's how those things work together as opposed to what it isn't is just a call to get free gear. You know, there's a responsibility that comes along with that. And um, I think if you understand that, it becomes fairly simple. Look at people as humans and not just what they can do for you. And, you know, you may see a different result than the one that you're getting. Same thing applies when it comes to drummers on Broadway. We all know each other for the most part, and we hear about people trying to sub on our shows and and we know who's coming from a genuine place when they want to just see what we do or they're just interested or they're like, man, you know, you should give me a gig subbing on your show because I'm good. I'm like, well, 74 other people are just as good as you. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you have to be cool to hang out with and you know, it is about relationships. That's why you're on my podcast <laughs> and you're doing a tour and everybody likes you and you get these gigs. And of course you have to be able to play. Mm-hmm. So all of those things matter. And I, I'm, I'm glad you shared that, that, that bit of uh, advice, but I have another question. Okay. Probably uh, the last, cause we got to wrap this up soon. The, Question is, speaking of advice, what advice would you give young drummers who are interested in becoming a professional musician? Um, the biggest thing is that you got to love this thing, man. And you got to love it when it doesn't love you back. You have to be in unrelenting pursuit for what you want. And it has to come from a pure place because in this business, we are met with a lot of no's. It only takes one yes, but you're met with a lot of no's. um, And you have to have a very strong sense of self-worth to be able to understand that although you are a musician, that is only a piece of who you are. Um, and you can't let a great gig or the lack thereof define you as a person. Um, I know for me, I struggled with that for a while, just trying to separate cue the drummer from Quentin Robinson, the person. Um, so it's also about being flexible. Um, everything is not going to always go the way you want it to go backline may get messed up you might not necessarily get to the hotel before sound check or anything like that <clears throat> there are a myriad of things that can go wrong but what you have to be able to do is still put on a great show you know why because the person that's sitting in row five seat three paid to come and see you put on a show and as a professional you have a responsibility to give your all. And um, so it is about checking your ego as well. Like if you want to be a musician, there are just certain things that you're going to have to do. And is you're going to have to, you're going to have to get rid of your ego. You're going to have to be correctable. You're going to have to be a great hang and you're going to have to play your butt off. I don't know. I think this is a PG show. So yeah, it's PG 13. It's my rating. Yeah. So you play your butt off every time you get an opportunity. And also, don't be afraid to meet people. 
I can't stress that enough. Um, I went through my entire career just thinking, oh, if I do well on drums, people will find me. Yeah, that's true. But with the way social media and all of this stuff is set up now, you have to be your own voice. Hey, when I met Clayton, he was like, hey, man, I play drums. This is what I'm doing. You know, now I could still be sitting at home in Atlanta wishing I was playing a tour if I did not necessarily make my request known to Clayton that I was interested in doing what he's doing. And hey, man, is there are there any things that you can teach me? Is there anything that you can tell me? How do I get an inroads into this amazing 1% community of drummers, of musicians? And um, so that's what I would say. I would say be professional, be pliable, be personable, and be persistent. Four Ps from Quentin Robinson. And you normally go by Q, correct? People call you yes. Q? Yep. Does anybody other than me call you Quentin? <laughs> Do you prefer uh, me to call you Q? It doesn't matter. No, um, yes, you do. Like, as long as, as long as you call. No, like I didn't grow up with a nickname, right? Uh, okay. Uh, my dad, my dad, his my last name was Robinson, so my dad's name was Rob. That was his nickname. Mm. So um, when I was, you know, when you're in marching band, you get to have a nickname or whatever. So I was Lil Rob. You know, I thought uh. that was going to be my thing. And my dad was like, no, you got to find your own thing. You can't, you can't use my thing. You got to find your own identity. So he would not let me use Lil Rob. And um, when I got to high school, you know, people were like, hey, Quentin, um, Q. Hey, Q. I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that is, that's, that's good. Because right now, up. everyone's called Little Son. Yeah. <laughs> little, <laughs> little, baby, little baby. Little mama. <laughs> little child. Little, like, little mama dropped Judas from the train. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Q Robinson uh, speaking of, of in, uh, I'm not speaking of anything I'm just going to just mention this you sent me a picture of something very beautiful the other day and now it wasn't a picture of your offspring I know you have a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful family but you sent me a picture of a beautiful piece of wood and, and brass I think yeah, so tell, tell me about this new thing. Is you have a, a tell me about your new snare drum? All right, so this snare drum is made by Pearl. It is an old snare drum, actually. Um, it is a Steve Ferron. Remember Steve Ferron? Yes, that's my favorite snare. What, what did you, what What did you do differently to it? Uh, I so I got in contact with the great John Aldrich. John Aldrich is the guy that does all of the uh, etching in. Um, scroll work on all of the Ludwig snares. Um, <clears throat> and I got in contact with him and I wanted to do something special with the snare simply because when I first moved to Atlanta, my car got broken into and the snare that I had like that was stolen from me. So I spent the past 10 years looking for another one because Pearl discontinued it because Steve Ferron no longer plays pro drums. Um, and the snare just sounds super amazing. It's a great sounding snare. Um, up until I got that snare 10 years ago, I was specifically a wood guy. Like you could not get me on a metal snare. Um, that snare changed everything. So I spent the better part of 10 years, you know, 
directly or indirectly looking for one. Long story short, I found one and I wanted to do something that would mark the snare forever and would be a deterrent for anyone to try to steal it. Because <laughs> that is a one of one now. It has my logo on it and it also has my company logo on it. So if you ever see that snare walking around Manhattan, New York, and I'm not carrying it, you can all you can say, hey, somebody has if it's not you or Andrew. Yeah, I was about to say if I have it. <laughs> yeah, if it's not you or Andrew, you should definitely call NYPD and like say, hey, somebody got my boy snare. So is it is it something that Pearl is manufacturing for for you or for oh you just had it etched on there? What, I just had I just had it customized on my own. Nice. Um, because um, I think another thing when you're talking about now I can change the book and do whatever. Uh, one of the things that you have on your show is you use a brass shell snare. Yes. Um, and I want to make sure that I am doing what you're doing on the road i want i want those people to come back from my show and book a flight to go to new york to hear your show so i i kind of feel as touring musicians particularly on broadway what it's supposed to do is point people back to the mothership right so i want my sound to um model yours so i'm going to take that snare out with me because it, it is a brass shell snare so it's beautiful. Now you also have, do you have an endorsement with Promark? I do. And you have Promark. your own sticks. So um, wait, before you go, tell my, <laughs> tell my listeners about the, the products that you endorse and enjoy. And, and I saw that you did something recently on Instagram. Tell me, tell me more about the things and the products that you use and why. Okay. So pro drums, simply because Pearl, in my opinion, makes the best drums on the planet. They've been doing it most longer than most, and they do it better than everyone, in my opinion. Uh, Sabian symbols, uh, there's just something about the touch of a Sabian symbol that I can't get around. Um, it has been my sound for as longer than I can remember, and it will continue to be a part of my sound. Um, Promart drumsticks, which is a, a newer endorsement. I've only been with Promart for going on three years now, but the consistency and the balance of the drumsticks, it just kind of feels like an extension of myself. I don't have to think about it. The weight is what it needs to be. The the, the height is what it needs to be. I don't feel um, held back by my drumstick. What else? Oh, Remo Drumheads. Uh, only the biggest, the best drumhead company in the world. Um, Audits Microphones, Empire Ears, um, drum dots, dampeners, rolling electronics, you know, the list goes on and on. Motion Pro Thrones, so I can sit through 12 hour text without my back hurting at the end of the night. Uh, I never uh, heard of those thrones before. It's oh, we need to we need to have a, a talk a, 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 a talk about that off offline. Um, it is definitely a back saver. Um, anytime I know I'm trying, I'm getting ready to do any type of tech, whether it be television or a show. I will ship that throne top with me simply because it is a back saver. Um, so yeah, we definitely should talk about that. You play eight shows a week. So um, I don't know why I thought we talked about that, but anyway, we'll get into it. Um, yeah, that kind of rounds it out. You know, Pig Hawk cables, you know, pre Sonus studio gear, 
Um, so yeah, you know, um, I will say this about endorsements though. It's not just about the endorsement. You have to believe in the gear that you're playing. Um, that's the integrity part of it. Not taking a deal just because it's given to you. Um, if I was paying for this stuff or if I didn't get a discount on this stuff, the same stuff that I just mentioned, I would probably still go to the music store and buy simply because I believe in it. Um, so you have to believe in the gear. I just wanted to piggyback off of that to, you know, it's, it's about the gear. It's about how the gear feels. When I close my eyes and I play air drums, everything that I'm playing on is what I imagine in my head. Is what I hear in my ears, and so you know, yeah, that's that. So those, in a in a nutshell, those those are all of the endorsements that I I have. If people want to get in contact with you, how can they find you? Easy, uh, you can go to my website www.imqrobinson.com on Instagram and Twitter. It is at Q Groovin. That's at Q-G-R-O-O, V as in Victor, I N as in Nancy. Um, on Facebook, I have a fan page, which is Q Groovin Music, or my personal page, which is QJ Rob. So yes, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Q Robinson, let me say that one more time. He's played with Anthony David, People Bryson, Bobby Brown, and he's on tour with Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. And he's a great person to know. You should hire this guy and get to know him because he is the man. Hey, listen, I'm unavailable for the next two years. So, you know. <laughs> well, wait, it's not October yet. Hey. So until then, call this guy up. His number, no, I'm not going to give it. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to him on, uh, you're not on Twitter though, are you? I am, I you am. Are. Okay. It's the same as IG at Q Groovin. Okay. Reach out to the man. Thank you once again for being a part of this. Uh, you shared a lot of great information, and there's a lot more coming on Broadway Drumming 101. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Q Robinson. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for joining us. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please take a moment to give us a nice rating and review.